Alrighty. So where we left last, where we last left off, is we were talking about the numbers of the ark, right? The days, the time. Do you remember? Does anybody remember how many days that we said that they were total walking into coming out? 365, correct. Depending on what calendar you use, anywhere between 365 and 371 days total spent on the ark, which is a very, very long time. So, And like we said, it was interesting in how God, what's that? A three-day tour. A three-day tour. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because God directed them when to get on the ark, and then God directed them when to get off the ark. So um, what I wanted to hit today is um, I, I like the idea of when the gospel is presented even in the Old Testament, all right? And there are different, different pictures. And remember, you guys remember a Sunday evening where we did the types of Christ? We did Joseph and all those, all right? Well, one of those is the ark, Okay. The ark represents a type of Christ as well. So here's what I do. I want to go through some um, some verses and some things. And I've got um, six different things. If you want to write them down. Basically, this is another, just another different way. You can kind of walk someone through sharing the gospel. And you can use the Old Testament to kind of, because a lot of people say, well, the Old Testament, it doesn't relate to today. And I really believe that you need the Old Testament to understand, truly understand, the New Testament. So, um, what I want to walk through is, we'll just go through some of these. Um, let's find, someone give me John 3.17. Alright, so in the first one here. So you start with the idea that judgment is coming, right? Genesis chapter 6, verse 12 says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth, right? So that's, that's the idea of the coming judgment. We also know in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the coming judgment. Everyone says at some point, everyone understands the idea that the world is going to end, all right? Um, continuing in, in Genesis, it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms, and it, and it explains how to build. So God is using the ark here as a way to escape the coming judgment. All right? So who has, um, who's got John 3.17 for me? For God sent his son into the world, <clears throat> not his, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, now who is, who's the provision to escape judgment in the New Testament? Jesus. Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ 
is whom God has sent to allow those of us post-flood, which we all understand that that's part of, you know, the, the promise to Adam, the seed and that kind of stuff. But here it is again. So you have the ark as a way to escape judgment. And that's a picture of what is to come, who is Jesus Christ. All right. Um, someone give me John 14, verse 6. <clears throat> Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All right, so that verse tells us that who is the way out? That he is the only way out, right? And who is that? Jesus. Jesus. All right. Well, Genesis 7.23 tells us, And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man, cattle, and creepy thing, and fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were within with him in the ark. Okay? So we have the Old Testament version of the only way to have escaped the coming flood was to be in the what? To be in the ark. Fast forward to the New Testament, and Robin said in the verses she read that the only way to escape is to be what? Saved through Christ, right? So this idea that there are multiple ways, if the Bible is to be consistent then there would have been the ark and some dinghies, right? Or some rafts or maybe a mountain that they could have hung out on, right? But no, it was, what does the Bible say? That only those in the ark survived. Mm -hmm. So then when you fast forward, that the only way Yeah, you know, he is the only way, the truth and the life. No way can you get to God without Jesus Christ. So, and I know that's the tough one because, you know, there are so many different religions, there are so many different belief systems, and that's just a bummer. That, that's one of those things that if Trevor could change something in the Bible, that is probably one of the things that he would change. You know, because I don't really want anyone to die and to go to hell. But there was only one way to escape the flood, and that was to be on that ark. And there was only one way to escape the coming judgment or to be with the Father, and that is with um, through Jesus Christ. All right? Let's move on to the next one. Um, someone find for me Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Don't read it yet. So the third one is many will reject the way. All right. Luke 17, 27 tells us of the Old Testament. It says they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given to marriage 
until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So in the Old Testament, we see that the coming flood, that people didn't change their ways. They didn't believe. They didn't trust. They didn't have faith. And not just what Noah was saying, but we, we studied the, the lineage of Seth, right? We had that godly lineage that those that were trying to teach the ways of God, because Enoch, you know, uh, um, all those individuals, Seth, all those individuals were trying to portray a lifestyle that was pleasing to God, and it just wasn't enough. Everyone turned away. So there, there are those that rejected. Of course, we see that all throughout the Old Testament, but pre-flood... We have that idea. Um, Matthew 17, 13, 7, 13, and 14. Who has that? Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So what are those verses telling us? We're a minority. <laughs> We're definitely a minority. Same thing, Right? There are going to be those that will reject the only way. It's just how life is. Um, sometimes it's our family members, and that really breaks our heart. Um, does that mean we stop? No. That's the one thing that, you know, you notice that, you know, all, all the way up until God calls us home. We never give up. We allow God to make that decision. We don't know when it's coming. Um, so there is, there are going to be those that will reject. So we're going to face turmoil and the idea that, well, not everyone believes, well, that's scriptural because the Bible says there are going to be those, the idea, cause they use that as an excuse for, well, everyone has so many different belief systems. Not everybody believes the way you are. So, you know, how can you be right? The Bible tells me so. The Bible says, what we just talked about, that Jesus is the only way to the Father. And the fact that, that we are in the minority, actually, I think, proves it even stronger day by day. Yeah. You know? So, um, so when you talk to them, you know, there was a rejection in the Old Testament, especially for Noah and his family, and the lineage of Seth. And we still have that today. Um, all right. Matthew. Can't read my own handwriting. 9, I think 12 through 13. Repentance. was preached. All right, so even in the Old Testament, repentance was pre was, pre pre was preached. All right. Um, 2 Peter 2.5 tells us, um, talking about the flood, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, um, Noah was righteous and blameless. He walked with God, right? He preached 
I believe that Noah wasn't just some guy on a hill that God said, hey, build this boat, I'm going to wipe out the earth. And he kept it to himself and just his couple of kids just to save his family and didn't take his angry neighbors who wouldn't return his lawn equipment. Right? No, he, God says Noah found grace in his eyes. He calls him a preacher of righteousness. Right? Um, he was blameless. There's all these different things that describe Noah, which tells me that I think even prior to the building of the ark, Noah spent his life trying to change the direction of the wickedness that was going on. Right? It, it, all these individuals that were godly individuals weren't just secluded people trying to stay away from the rest of the world. They were sharing might not necessarily have been the gospel that we know of today, but they were preaching change, turn from your wicked ways, right? Which is, you know, the, the basis of the, the gospel now is, you know, change for your wicked ways. Jesus Christ is the, the, this, um, the price that Jesus Christ paid the price of those wicked ways, okay? So instead of them having to do it on their own, um, Matthew 9, 12 and 13 for me. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So here you have... Repentance preached in the Old Testament, especially, you know, you see that in Israel. The same repentance preached by Christ himself in the New Testament, okay? Repentance is key. We should not still look the same as we did from prior to giving our life to Christ, our life should have changed some. Or that's not repentance is the, what? The turning away from, right? They're not doing it anymore. Now, again, we're all going to be in different areas. We're all going to have different addictions or problems or whatever you want to call it. But we should gradually look better, holier, than we did prior. Just like when God got tired of the wickedness, so he wiped it out and started with Noah... He did that because of who Noah was. Right? And we are the same way. Repentance is key. It was preached in the Old Testament. It was preached in the New Testament. Sadly, today, repentance isn't preached. That's not what Christianity teaches today. You know, oh, I've seen something, but it was basically Christians today, they look for what they can still do as opposed to what they shouldn't be doing. You, know, you see it all the time, well, can a Christian do this, or can a Christian do that, or can a Christian, instead of separating ourselves to be holy, to repent from our sins, our lifestyles, whatever that may be, um, is there any one particular sin that is greater than the others? With the exception of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right. which is basically refusing Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. 
So I, I don't care. You know, I, I can look at, at some of you and say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they do that. I have things that I'm sure that if you knew about me, you would look at me and say, I can't believe that you do that. Okay? We're all on the same field. Field. Repentance is the key. And I believe that is what has been preached all throughout the Old Testament and even into the New Testament. And as you're walking a person down through here, you're sharing the gospel with them, it's important that they understand true acceptance of Jesus Christ requires repentance. Um, kids, even animals, do you really think they're sorry if you have to keep telling them no? No. And they come and they say, well, I'm sorry, you know, they give you that face. You're not sorry. You're sorry you got caught, <laughs> right? You're sorry you got caught. <laughs> and, and listen, I, you know, my, my, my sister was horrible, all right? She was trouble oh, for all that kind of stuff. That's not what you said. You said your sister was <laughs> Yeah, I'm supposed to remember that. Be quiet. <laughs> she's, she's perfect when it fits into the lesson, all right? Oh. Here, oh. I need her to be the scapegoat, okay? It's fictional today. <laughs> it's just today. Um, you know, so that idea of repentance, true, God sees our heart. When you come to me or a person comes to us and says, you know, I want to, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I can only take them at their word. Their works will tell me. I think their works will show what true repentance is. And there is that, I said, there is that difference. If a person continually struggles with something, then that's something, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't care or haven't repented. But you can tell a person who is wrestling with someone and a person who just doesn't really care and they just live with it. Okay? So repentance was preached in the Old and New Testament. Um, John chapter 6, 39 through 40. must answer the call. <clears throat> so in the Old Testament, in this situation, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee, oh, excuse me, have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. Um, and he tells him what to bring of the fowls and all that stuff. Then verse 5, And Noah did accordingly according unto all the lord had commanded him all right and we all know that later on noah walked onto the boat when he was told to walk on a boat so in order for noah to be saved by the boat what did he have to do build it. well build it even if it was built he had to be on the boat right he had to answer that call to enter the boat it, if he'd have built this big boat and put all the animals on the boat and was standing outside when the door shut, would Noah have been saved? No. God wouldn't have said, well, Noah, you did a good job building the boat, so I'm going to give you fish lungs for the period of this, this period, right? I'm a, that's Aquaman. That's where Atlantis comes from, okay? Okay? Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's where Aquaman fits into <laughs> Oh, I'm in trouble. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. See? Now I know. Um, so, you know, if you take today's teachings and you apply it to Noah, 
today's teachings would have said, well, God would no, God loves Noah, right? He doesn't want bad things to happen to Noah. So even had Noah not made it on the ark, God would have made sure he'd have been okay, right? But it says, who all outside of the ark lived? Not one. Nobody. No, no air-breathing animal anyway, right? Right. Um, John 6, 39 and 40. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. All right. We have to accept Jesus Christ. It is his will that all that hear of Christ, all right, but Christ had to come. There had to be that call. It's the same with us. God will make that call for us all, but we have to accept. He's not, he's not going to force us into heaven. You make that decision. God offers it. God places the call. It is his will. He wants us all to be in heaven. He wants all that. But it is his call. But we have to answer that call. It's up to us. You know, and some of you say, well, God wouldn't force anyone into heaven. Nor will he force. First of all, he's not forcing you to, to, into hell. I'm sorry. Right. God will not force anyone to hell. He's not forcing you to hell. We're already going. Right. Right? So he's not forcing anyone. What he's not going to do is he's not going to force you into heaven. That is a decision that you have to make. You're presented with the right and the wrong. Noah had a decision to make. Do I do what God asked me to do? Or do I take the chance? Now, mind you, this whole flood idea, this whole giant boat, wouldn't have made any sense to Noah. Now, I, And that's one of the things I struggle with. If it doesn't make sense to me, it's hard for me to grasp it. It doesn't matter what it is. Even when you look at people's decisions, that that whatever that person said to do or needed to do, when I look at what needs to be done, that just does it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. It doesn't fit. So I struggle with it, you know, and I have to fix it my way to make it work. Noah would have said a flood, a big giant boat. Well, yeah, a flood. Would he even know because that hadn't seen rain? I mean, Correct. what was a flood? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was lakes, and, and I'm sure there was water source, well, the rivers from the Garden of Eden and stuff. But the idea of a flood that's going to wipe out everything mm-hmm. would have been just completely off the charts to him not making any sense. Yeah. So he had to actually, no matter, listen, I don't care how crazy the call God calls on you, you know, for servants, being a servant, it's not as crazy as... The call to Noah, I'm on, I want you to build this boat for 100 years and there's going to be a big giant rains and floods. Okay? But when it comes to the repentance and the salvation, God's will is that we were all saved. It's not an angry, vengeful God, but <clears throat> we have to answer the call. Um, and then Matthew 24, 44. Last one. It is a limited time offer. A but wait situation. 
Huh? And then commercials, and if you order now, you can wait. <laughs> there you go. If it's you order right now, the time. you got to get there you go. Go. the weight off her. There you go. Free shipping, <laughs> eternal life, but wait. Also, remember, live, but wait. I like it. It's, it's a good it's way. It's in there. You can go. As you go down through this, you can say, you go, go through all this, you say, but wait. <laughs> right. Genesis 6.17, we go back to there, and it says, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, Wherein is the breath of life from under the heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. This is God pronouncing this judgment. And he says, I will bring. That tells us that there is a timetable. We don't know what that timetable is. But God had a timetable for the coming of the flood. All right? So Noah had a limited time to build this ark and to get what needed to be on it. And to get into the ark to be saved. At some point, them floods were coming. Mm -hmm. All right? Matthew 24, 44. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. What's that verse telling us? He's coming. He's coming because we don't know when it's going to happen, but it's happening. It's coming. It's time to make a decision now because the offer expires and we don't know when that offer expires. Of course, um, there's that bumper sticker. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. Um, those who plan to, how's it? Those who plan to repent at the 11th hour die at 1030. We don't know. What's that? We don't. I've never heard that. That's I haven't heard that either. Yeah. We have no idea when, for one, we don't know when God's going to call us, call us personally, individually home. We don't know how long our life is, you know. We don't know when he's coming back to call his, his people home, you know. Then after that, the rest of that is set up, you know, for wiping off the earth and starting all new. But all of that is in a blink of an eye. We don't know. It talks about that hope. We should honestly <coughs> always be looking forward if we don't spend our day thinking this could be the day God calls us home or me home, um, you know, there, there's that, that thing. If you knew Friday was your last day on the earth, what would you do? How would tomorrow change? Who would you speak to? Who would you talk to? Those individuals that you didn't want to upset by telling them about the gospel, would you care so much about if you knew you weren't going to live past Friday, just you by yourself, would you let them friends and family that you've been so afraid to talk to go and not? You wouldn't. But we are to live as if Christ is coming at any point. Noah and the ark had no idea when that flood was coming. We do not know when Christ is coming. We must make that decision, whether it's when you're talking to a person and sharing them the gospel, they must make that decision that day. And those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ, is there something in our life that we should be doing that we're putting off because, well, you know, I've still got this puppy I'm trying to train and he don't listen very well because his brother and sister don't want to do what's supposed you know what he's trying to do so he won't stand still right want my kids to make their own decisions you know 
I love my family. Excuse or something that will try to hinder you. And if you say, but I'll do it. Well, yeah. But I mean, you know, even good even if you're not allowing that, even when you're like, I really want to do this, but I need to wait till you're wasting your life because it, because it never seems, you never seem to have enough money to do it. You never seem to have enough time. You have to, you have to commit to what, what, what is important. Absolutely. And, and that's the whole idea of this. Noah had to make building of the ark top priority. And we are the same way. We have to make preparing other people for the return of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ as our top priority. If that means we have to shift things around in our life to, to change, if that means we have to change our outlook, if that means we have to remove things out of our life that could be a hindrance for others, you know, if that is learning more, you know, I mean, what, what's the, one of the, the biggest excuses for not sharing the gospel is what? I just don't know what to say. And that's a simple, just listen, just reading the Bible and sharing your own personal testament. You don't have to, you know, I know, you know, I, I went, went through these and I think this is really neat because I like the idea of showing the Old Testament, the New Testament. And that we have Brother Butch in here and he walked us through a couple different ways. And when you Google sharing the gospel, there are going to be a thousand different methods. You know why there are so many? Because there's no one particular way to share the gospel. Make it your own way. Just share with what God has done in your life. Now, you need to know the scriptures so you can show them that Christ is the answer. Right? You have to know the scriptures to show that there is a coming judgment and that there is a consequence for our sin. So that's on us. Right. But, but even if we're not ready, I mean, like, even if we don't feel like we're ready to share, we can still honor Christ and be a testimony in the way we live, the way we treat people, the way we, I mean, they're, they're going to see Christ. Yeah. And then they're going to get curious. And then as we study to show ourselves as proved, we can have, even if it's just John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's, that's the basis. John 3.16 is what's called the gospel in a nutshell. It really is. Because John 3.16 walks you through all of that. It says it all, exactly. It really does. And that's, it, it, that's what they call it, the gospel in a nutshell. I love that. And so I know everyone here knows John 3.16. Exactly. Okay. So, and like you said, well, it's... He's not listening. He's ignoring. He's ignoring. He's like, I respond to her. I'm just gonna ignore her. He's like, I'm not doing anything. Touche, my brother. Table versus table. Exactly. It was a table match for sure. So anyway, so that's just you know the is a type of Christ. So I, I just thought that was really neat as I was studying through that. Uh, you know, the, I love love seeing that stuff in the Old Testament. I think that's really really cool. So we're going to end it there. Hopefully, the uh, PowerPoint upstairs is uploaded.